You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. This is The Media Effect, and I'm your host, I'm your host Dominic Dalton. On this show, we talk about media and its effects in daily life. Let's get the show started. The Media Effect. Social media. We all know what it is. We also know there's so many different platforms, and we might even know some of the dangers that come with it. However, in today's world, we seem to have normalized a lot of the bad habits that come with social media. And a lot of that has to do with how big tech giants constantly compete for your attention. So today, let's talk about the battle of content giants and how it affects you. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of the Media Effect Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Delpech, and today we are talking about none other than social media. Now, I'm sure you all know what social media is. You know, you've probably used it, and if you haven't, then you might be living under a rock. Now, obviously, it may come to no surprise that there are so many different media platforms in today's world. X, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Kick, Rumble, Twitch, TikTok. There's so many, and so many, when I mean so many, like... There are a lot of them that you might not even know the names of. I mean, I will go on App Store and I'll just look and I'll scroll through. And there's a bunch of these that you will have will never hear of in your life. Probably there's so many of them. And I think that's the unique thing with social media. It actually offers a lot of options. Now, obviously, the big companies have essentially a pretty large monopoly over all of it. But they're everywhere. Social media platforms are everywhere. And obviously, on these different platforms, there are also different ways to consume content with short form videos on TikTok and Reels. Then there is the longer form content on YouTube. And then there is streaming on Twitch, Kick and Rumble, so on and so forth. However, if you are familiar with some of these platforms, you would know many of these different ways to consume content all intertwine between each other. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you take a look, short form video was essentially revolutionized by, you could say, Musical.ly or TikTok, more infamously. TikTok absolutely took advantage of a hole in the system. People needed short form content and TikTok was there to solve that. They provided short videos of one minute, maybe max. And especially during the pandemic, TikTok took off. It was what the people wanted. And now every social media platform is trying to copy the TikTok strategy. Even Snapchat has their own TikTok style thing. I mean, you have Snapchat trying to apply it. You have YouTube with YouTube shorts, Instagram with reels. This form of content has revolutionized the world. Then you also have long form content. That was once YouTube's big thing. However, now TikTok is trying to get into that market. Obviously, TikTok still holds its vertical form video, but now they've extended the time to 10 minutes, which is a pretty long video. You can get a good amount of content in a 10 minute video. And normally those videos might not perform the best on TikTok, but at least it offers that and it opens up that market. And then you also have other forms of content. Obviously, you have uh, X formerly known as Twitter, and now Instagram's trying to get into that market a little bit with its threads. I mean, what is clear is that social medias and the big giants will always try to get into the different markets of their competitors. And what they're competing for, that's the most important thing. What 
are they competing for? Now, you may think it's money. And in a way, it is money, right? They earn money from these things. They earn money from ads. They earn money from a lot of this. But it's actually not money, as it may surprise you. You may think it's uh, virality. Also, it comes with something else. But all of this only happens for one reason. It is extremely valuable. So valuable, in fact, that it is such a lucrative market. They will pay for researchers to research this topic, influencers to be on their platforms. They will do everything in their power for this specific thing. And that is your attention. Your attention is extremely valuable. You might not even realize how valuable it is. These platforms, they aren't competing directly for money. They're competing for your attention because with your attention comes money. If we take a look, this can go all the way back to like newspapers. If you take a look at newspapers, they would make money off of ads. But how do they make money off of ads? They, in a way, are selling you. These big media companies, they sell you. And it may sound weird, like, how are they selling me? The truth is, that is how they get advertisers. So if you were a newspaper, let's say, and you have 10 people who read your article per month, what kind of advertiser is going to advertise on your newspaper? Probably no one. Unless those 10 readers happen to be the 10 richest people on earth, which maybe gives you luxury brands promoting on that newspaper. But besides that, no one will promote on these. However, if you run a newspaper that has millions of people reading it per month, now suddenly you are worth a lot more. So these companies, whether it's newspapers or media or anything, they are selling you. And that's why they will go to great lengths to be able to get your attention. It's valuable to them. It's extremely valuable because that's how they get advertisers. That's how they get money. Everything comes with it. But the most valuable thing is your attention. It's you. And these companies, they will go all in on this research because they want to make sure they obtain your attention for as long as possible. Because the longer you're on their platform, the more chances you have of buying a product directly. Because unlike a newspaper, now with social media, you can directly put a link to purchase the product. You see, back when there was newspapers, you couldn't really confirm that someone bought a product off of that newspaper branding. Like if you were a company and you were advertising on a newspaper, there was no real way to really tell that this person bought a product from you because they saw it on a newspaper. There just wasn't a real verifiable way to verify that. However, now it is because it's a transaction happening online. On social media, they put the ad, you click on the ad, there's an interaction. You purchase from the ad, now it's another interaction. So it's much easier to do this, and that is huge. And that's pretty much a thing that all of these companies have in common. I mean, they're all media companies, they all have a lot of differences, but the one thing they all have in common is that they are competing for your attention every day and that they are all investing millions into your attention. They'll invest it in research, getting the best of the best to make sure they have the best addiction possible. That's right. Social media is an addiction, period. There is no if, buts, however, or anything. Social media can be addictive. 
And it is extremely addictive, especially on platforms like TikTok, that gives you that little effect of time loss, where you'll look at the clock and be like, hey, where did all my time go? That concept, that losing of time, is all the addiction of this platform. If a platform were not as addictive like they are, you would obviously control yourself and say, I've watched three videos, I'm getting off. But TikTok has that certain effect. You watch three and you want one more. And then you want one more. And then one more and more. And then you finally spent five hours on TikTok, possibly. Well, I don't know if you spent five hours. That that was me, at least. But that is a symptom of these social media platforms. They will normalize this addiction. And the problem is that this actually is an addiction. And yet, the narrative of people is that it is just something that's normal, something that is supposed to happen. It's not really a big deal. And now to put this in perspective, I want you to think of, say, like addiction to drugs, right? Addiction to drugs. And I know people are going to say, oh, but it's not the same thing or it's not the same thing as an addiction to gambling per se. But it is because what they all have in common is that they affect your mental health they affect the way you act, and they affect the way you think that is an addiction. An addiction affects the way you live life. Something impedes on your normal way of life. If you are not allowed to live life normally without a certain thing, then it is an addiction. And social media is an addiction, yet it seems to just be ignored as something that just happens. It just happens. You just use social media. And the reality is, by us not calling it what it is, which is an addiction, we are allowing for this to grow to great heights because no one wants to talk about it because they're afraid that they're going to get made fun of, essentially. Because that's what it is. You say that you're addicted to social media and people just tell you, stop using it. It'd be the same thing as you tell someone addicted to gambling, just stop gambling. It's not how it works. You actually have to go through, you have to make sure the person gets out, rehab. Now, obviously, social media may not be huge. And the difficult thing with social media is that it's harder to deal with than a majority of other addictions like gambling. And the reason why I'd argue this is because gambling isn't something that you need to survive in the modern world. You do it because you want to. You can convince yourself that you might need it. Like, hey, if I win the lottery or if I win in this gamble, I can afford college tuition. I can do this. I can do that. But you don't actually need it. Social media, on the other hand, is actually something that you need. It's impossible, essentially impossible to live modern day life without some form of social media content, whether it is you have an Instagram, you have a TikTok, even if someone else runs it for you, but you need to have it. Everyone who's successful has a social media. It's just the way we communicate. Everyone is on there. It's the quickest way to grab attention. So we can't just say, oh, I'm not going to use social media. But you can not use gambling. So in a way, I would beg to argue that social media is actually a greater addiction than a lot of these other addictions that people claim. So it should be taken as such. If we were to normalize gambling and other addictions, Everyone would call you crazy. But yet we have normalized the addiction to social media. And I think that is a big issue. Because here's the thing. Social media, spending so much time on it, can have negative mental health effects on a person. And yet it's so promoted. And it's wasting people's time. That's another thing too. People's time is valuable. You can make money. You can do this. 
You are wasting your time on a social media platform, yet we have allowed for it to be normalized. And that is why it needs to be called an addiction. So what are some of the negative effects that come with social media? Because obviously, I'm calling it an addiction. I'm pretty strong on this argument. So what are some of the negative effects? Now, one of them, obviously, is that it can waste your time. You have a certain amount of time in a day. Uh, generally, for people, it's between 16 hours to 14 hours awake. And by sitting, with, let's say, five hours on your phone, that's a lot of time wasted that you could be doing something else. The next thing is that it actually has low self-esteem on a lot of people. Now, this can happen by bullying. There's a lot of cyberbullying happening on social media. Uh, simply just comparing yourself with others. I mean, we know. That's probably something a lot of people know, right? That you look on social media and there's people who look much better than they actually do in real life. That's the social media effect. It's filters. They're filtered. They're not, they don't actually look like that. And But sometimes we don't think about it like that. In the moment, we're just thinking, how does this person look so good and I don't? And you tend to fall for like a depressive mode, you, you, low self-esteem, uh, you see bullying and misinformation. And essentially, it can even be contributed to the low self-esteem, right? If there's misinformation about how things work in life, like look at me, I'm rich, and you're just like posting a picture at the Fountain Blue and you really are struggling to afford your monthly rent, like that image tells people around like, hey, what am I doing wrong that this person that's struggling to afford the rent can be at the Fountain Blue, but I'm here struggling in my life. When in reality, the other person is struggling just like you, but we don't see that. Obviously, there's the fear of hacking, of course. Then there's the brain rot. Now, what do I mean by brain rot? Brain rot is just content that's just destroying your mind. It's not useful. It doesn't give you anything really to utilize. It's destructive content, to be honest. And that's really what it is. And that's just naming a few things. There's obviously so many more problems that come with social media. Those are just a few of them. But as social media becomes more normalized, it also becomes normalized to let young kids use social media and their undeveloped brains that can lead them to serious side effects. Many teens tend to average five to seven hours of social media a day. And I know this because I'm a college student talking to a bunch of teenagers and young adults. Their average times tend to be around five to seven hours. A lot of these people, I ask them, uh, let's see what your average time is. And mine too, mine too. Uh, I just got down to four per week. After so much fighting, after so much fighting, it used to be around eight. It used to be around eight hours per day. So you can imagine how much time I wasted on there. And notice how just by losing four hours, now I'm at four, I'm so much more productive because those four hours I can do so much more. I can make a podcast, you know, like we're doing now. I could work on schoolwork. I can do so many things. I could do a sport. I could run. There's so much to do. And yet those four hours, I used to spend them on social media. So it's already been taken down to four, which is still a lot, to be honest, but it's a great improvement. But I talked to a lot of these people, five to seven hours average. That is a lot of time on social media, which is valuable time that can be used for other things. Now, coming back to my previous point of all different social media companies competing for your attention, this is not anything new. And there have been companies competing with each other for attention for years, like I mentioned, the newspaper. But what is new is how effective these companies are at destroying morals and standards. But before we look at the effects of social media, let's take a look at the ways in which these companies are competing with each other. I previously mentioned that they do it by trying to be more addictive platform than the other one. But how does that work? There's a few ways. The first one is actually 
invisible to the naked eye, you might not even realize it. And it is the screen themselves and the algorithms. Millions and trillions of dollars go into extensive research for how to keep users hooked on the content and not lose their attention. Whether it's always suggesting the user content that they want to see, specific videos about something the user is interested, or even creating an echo chamber around a user only showing them content that the user agrees with, further isolating the user from society. According to the National Library of Medicine, social media platforms enhance political echo chambers and drive further political polarization. Now, one example of this can be the expansion of conspiracy theorists. So conspiracy theories have extensively grown because of echo chambers. You're surrounded by people who believe the conspiracy and suddenly you have a lot of conspiracy going around. It has been huge. There are countless tests done on this. However, another one is also the fact that the media frequently continues to lie more and more and less people trust it. More people actually don't trust the media than they do. And now it's in a much larger margin than it used to be. But another way that social media platforms compete with each other is by signing on different influencers to their platforms. This has become quite big, particularly in streaming world with Twitch, Kick, Rumble. They often sign influencers to their platforms with lucrative contracts that many of them can't refuse. However, since streaming is long and tedious and often relies on views from younger audience, this means that the only way to get their attention, unfortunately, is with degenerate or brain rot content creators that keep the young audience engaged. Now, this is part of what I mentioned previously that the young influenced children and the younger audiences are being influenced by a lot of the bad things on social media. These content creators are essentially influencing a whole generation of young people and teaching them that behaving like degenerates and being a public nuisance doesn't actually get you punished, but instead it gets you rewarded. You see, prior to social media, if you were being a public nuisance, you would get punished for it. Someone would backlash against you. The police might take you. Things happen to you. But now because of these influencers, we're teaching kids that actually you can make millions by being a degenerate and by being a nuisance. You're, you're getting millions, you're getting paid. This is the twist of reality. And a lot of these influencers are unfortunately being pushed by the platforms themselves because the platforms make money. These are companies. They don't care about what is right and what is wrong. What they care is what gives them the most money. And what gives them the most money right now is these influencers that do degenerate things. There are so many who have risen like this. Take a look at Logan Paul, Jake Paul. You've got FouseyTube, Aiden Ross, Neon. That's just a few to name that they all do. Rot mediocre content and they're simply corrupting the youth. And another thing is that these social media platforms trying to outcompete each other, they promote these people to be bigger fools of themselves. Whoever's the bigger fool gets the bigger bag. Essentially, that's what they're telling people, right? You have a video of someone, oh, look at me slapping someone in the face. So then the next person outdoes them by maybe jumping into a, a, a pond that you're not supposed to jump in. And then the next person steals something. The next person does something. And eventually this increases and increases. And we have promoted for people to be just public nuisances and degenerates and pieces of, you know what? So really it encourages people to be pricks. And unfortunately, young people see this and they fall in the footsteps because they're looking at these people getting rewarded. And they're like, hey, you know, I can be a pain and get rewarded. However, it's not just this bad content, like degenerate content, but they also compete in who does the most dangerous thing. 
Now, there's a lot of influencers who have done dangerous things, and many of them may have gotten in jail. They might have been arrested. They might have been put in jail. Unfortunately, some have also gotten hurt and hurt others. One of them has even passed away doing this, at least one name that I can think of. And there's probably many more. There's one I can think off the top of my head. But this is really what it is. Influencers indicate what the trend is in our modern society. They do. The biggest influencers dictate what is going to be happening in our modern society. And when the biggest influencers are doing these horrible things, then that's what the modern society is going to be paying attention to. That's the reality. So what does all of this mean exactly? In between the constantly more addicting algorithms and the degenerate influencers given massive platforms and paydays, it means the slow destruction of modern society. All right, that's pretty drastic. But it is a big issue, and if we don't put an end to it soon, it could very well lead to the destruction of modern society in the near future. Social media platforms are constantly getting more and more addicting. Along with this, the content promoted on these platforms consistently gets worse and worse for people, and it's obvious. So now that we have seen the ways in which these companies compete and the negative effect that it has to people and viewers, let's try to find a solution. We want to end on a positive note, right? Obviously, I could say the world's going to end, but that's not very positive. So let's actually look for a solution. Social media companies will continue to compete no matter what. We're not going to change that. These people have millions of dollars on their hands, and we the people are not going to influence what they do. And the question is too, is it a monopoly? Do these big social media companies have a monopoly? The answer to that is no. Because while it is a colossal challenge to take on these media companies, the truth is there's always someone that's going to fill in a gap for something that's missing, like TikTok did in 2017. That we were missing short-form content. A lot of it was just photos on Instagram and YouTube long-term videos. TikTok filled it in with addictive short content that you could scroll by and just find what you want. TikTok's also responsible for the destruction of attention spans. Now, humans probably have less attention span than the goldfish, but that's aside the point. The point right now is that TikTok filled the gap and they were able to give people what they wanted and they grew and now they're a top four behind YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. So companies will always grow. There will always be another addictive platform that comes around. And the truth is, we need social media, whether you like it or not. And unless you want to live off the grid or live under a rock, which, of course, each is entitled to their own. But to live in society, modern society, the way it is, it is a requirement that we use social media because that is where the big players are. That is where the employers look. Everything revolves around social media, unfortunately. I don't like it. I'm sure a few people don't like it either, but that's the way the world works right now. It reaches more people in a shorter amount of time. It works. But now, the point is that these social media giants, they're competing for our attention. They need us and we need them. But thankfully, thanks to capitalism and a free market, whether you agree with that or not, there are a lot of social media platforms thanks to it. There's a lot of them. And while you might not know them, like I don't know all of them, there is so many options. For example, Statista says that if you're into more moderate content, Facebook could be for you. Because while it does have older generations who tend to lean to the right, it tends to be actually pretty moderate, surprisingly. That's what they say. Then, if you're looking for more left-leaning content, you can go to places like TikTok, you can go to Discord or Instagram. And if you're looking for right-leaning, you can obviously go to Elon Musk's Twitter, which has now been, or now X, where now there it tends to be more right-leaning, freedom of speech, he tends to lean on that highly. 
But now also, let's say you're a conservative and you fear the whole big media, big tech, all this thing. Then there's a bunch of smaller social media platforms. I mean, one made by conservative president, Donald J. Trump. So if you're a conservative and you fear the big media, there's literally social media platforms just for you. The point that I'm getting at with all this is that there is something for everybody, no matter who you are. You can think, ah, but I'm a conservative. I don't like these big things. There's even social media for conservatives who don't like the big tech. I'm a left, I'm left leaning. There's media for you. There's media for right leaning. There's, me there's media for everybody. Essentially, there is media for everyone. So the idea of that we don't need social media, that's not really the direction we should be looking at. Rather, we should look in a direction of which social media platform do we want to look at? Which one aligns more with who we are? Now, that may solve the question of I, which, what content am I going to see? I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. That solved that question. But the next question is, how are we going to get less addicted? Because if we're looking at what we want, technically, doesn't that make us more addicted to a content? That is true. But I also find it valuable that we look at something that we want to. So first of all, obviously, choose your platform, right? If you want to see things that align with you. Now, I know this does contribute to the political eco chambers, which I would suggest that you always look at differing opinions. I believe it's great for critical thinking. But besides that point, let's say you don't want to be as addicted to social media. I challenge you to a few things. First of all, go outside. Now, I know people make that as a joke. Go touch grass to the gamers. But quite literally, go touch grass. It's you should. You should go touch. You should go outside. Ideally outside, you should go for a walk, go spend time with loved ones, read a book. Just find a hobby that gets you off social media and anything online. And even better if it's outside, because obviously you might not want to read a book outside if it's raining or something. But ideally you want to go outside. Then if you can't, if it's snowing, if it's like stuck, then do something inside, obviously, but ideally outside because you get the fresh air, you get a nice escape from that enclosed environment that is whether your house, your room, anything, you get to be free. So that would be the first suggestion of mine. The next one is implement time restrictions. Now, I know we like to skip them and we say, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to skip this, but actually listen to these time restrictions. It's helped me a lot. I have time restrictions. And if, and if you know you're going to keep skipping it, then find one that's stricter. Find one that doesn't let you skip it or something. Find these things that keep your time limited or at least let them make you know that you're like spending too much time on them, right? Because sometimes the issue is, oh, I didn't even realize I spent that much time on social media. Just have something that alerts you, says, hey, you spent this much time. If you want to actively choose to keep spending time, that's your choice. But at least now you know. You've been alerted that you're spending that much time. And finally, even what I'll say is if you're so addicted to a social media platform that you can't get rid of it, then just delete it. If it is so addicting, you can get rid of it. Like It's simpler. It's much simpler that way. And instead of being this person, that, oh, I should I either want to get completely get rid of social media or completely get addicted to it just to race one and be in the middle ground. The middle ground is a great place to be, despite what modern times tells you. It's a great place to be. It's the middle of both. And last but not least, remember that what happens on social media is always exaggerated to get views. It's kind of like the saying how like everything's bigger in Texas. It's kind of similar. Everything in social media is exaggerated. It's more exaggerated than real life because social media rewards people for being crazier. It's just the way it is. It rewards them for looking better, rewards everything in extremes. Social media likes extremes, as we can tell. They like extremes in political views. They like extremes in looks. They like extremes in everything. So remember that it's not as extreme as it is on social media a majority of times in real life. Also, take everything you see here and are shown on social media, 
take it with a grain of salt because a lot of it is misinformation. Whether it's AI generated things or chats or anything, a lot of it is false. So just take it with a grain of salt, right? Obviously, there are things that you can agree with, things that you can't, but just be very critical of what you see on social media. And besides that, that is today's episode of Battle of the Content Giants. I hope you enjoyed. I know it's pretty long, but I think it's a great topic. I think it's really important that we all hear this. And I think it's important to know that it's not just social media itself that's the problem. It's the competition. Because the real issue is not, oh, social media is addicting. Of course it is. But why is it addicting? And the reason why it's addicting is because they have to outcompete the other platform. Because if they're not addicting enough, the other platform will be and will take their viewers. Because these people essentially, they, they care about money. They don't care about us. They don't care about people. They care about what gives them the most money. And it's our attention. So that's really what it is. Be aware of that. And until next time, keep your scrolling on social media in check. Peace. This was The Media Effect. For more information about this topic or me, reach out to my IG at The Truth Trailblazer or my email, Dominic at The Truth Trailblazer.com. The Media Effect. See you next time. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education.